Hi, everyone. I am so excited to welcome Megan Taylor from Huron Consulting. We are going to talk about recruiting and what that looks like in a consulting organization as differentiated as Huron. So we'll learn about Huron and we'll learn about Megan's incredible point of view as a recruiter within that particular space within a consulting company. So first, Megan, thank you so much for being with us to chat all things Huron and all things what you do in your role. Yes, thank you so much, Stacey. I'm really excited um, to have the opportunity to talk with you all and really appreciate you uh, inviting me in and just excited to, to kind of share my perspective and any tips and tricks I've learned along the way. Awesome. Oh, Megan, thank you. And we let's we'll do a quick introduction as well. Um, this Zoom environment has allowed us in some ways to reunite, but Megan and I actually go back away. So Megan is a former student. And so of course, she is a Rambler class of 2013. And Megan, tell us really what you've been up to in terms of your professional background. What path led you to Huron? Yeah, um, so I definitely, this is something that I always tell candidates is you just never know where you're going to end up, um, truly. So I was an ad PR and marketing major at Loyola, graduated in 2013. Um, so I took many classes with Stacey and learned so much. Um, so you're all in, you know, a great boat right now and definitely, you know, utilize her as a resource in addition to all your alumni connections and everything like that. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. So I randomly back in the day when I was in school, not all internships were paid. Um, so I took the first kind of marketing internship I could find that was paid. Um, it was actually at Morningstar Investment Services. Um, I was there, actually ended up staying there post-graduation and started off in sales. Um, did that for about two years, moved into a business analyst role, helping developers code websites, which was absolutely crazy and something I never thought I would do. Wow. Um, and then kind of slowly transitioned off into recruiting because I, I loved the sales aspect, but um, financial software just was not my go-to. Um, so moved over into recruiting and I loved the company and loved being able to, to kind of sell um, an opportunity to candidates. Um, so uh, stayed there for about a year in that role and then kind of realized that I really wanted to make my career um, as part of a being in recruiting in HR. So um, moved over to Huron. I had a friend that worked here who had nothing but great things to say um, and have been here ever since in a, kind of a few different roles and um, have really kind of taken on just a lot of different things in terms of entry-level recruiting, campus recruiting, um, and then some corporate recruiting as well. That's awesome. Oh, Megan, thank you. Thank you for all of your kind words. I do. I feel like our classes together really were just yesterday. But here you are in this awesome role at Huron. And I'm wondering, we've been really talking about in our consulting next-gen course about taking grand challenges, taking moonshot approaches at what we're working on. Do you have a grand challenge or this moonshot maybe that really distinguishes Huron? Any, anything come to mind on what the big grand challenge, the big sort of wicked problem to solve? might be yeah I think for us as a firm um, you know a lot of the clients in the industries that we serve are really I think special to a lot of us as employees so obviously we work really closely with healthcare really closely with higher education um, and you know obviously innovating in the technology space but I think for us you know what drives us is that continuous opportunity to make an impact in these industries that mean so much. So, you know, even if I wasn't able to become a doctor, um, I'm making an impact by recruiting new consultants into a healthcare firm that are helping hospitals to save money or helping hospitals to prepare for hopefully the next pandemic that never occurs. Right. Um, right. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, we're really doing something that helps, um, you know, other industries beyond just ourselves. 
that ultimate impact is huge. That's a moonshot without a doubt. I really, I hadn't thought about recruiting as selling an opportunity to a candidate too. That's so interesting. That to me sort of breaks the invisible rules about what we assume this kind of opportunity looks like. It seems so much more like the candidate versus the consulting company instead of that's instead of the reciprocal kind of breaking down that silo. That's awesome. I think the industry has changed a lot. Um, I think that even in my, you know, six years in the campus recruiting space, um, we are, we're, you know, we're out there as well, trying to sell ourselves and trying to get the best candidates. So I think, you know, I always encourage, encourage people to think of it the opposite way. You're not, not just trying to sell yourself. You want them to, to sell themselves to you. Right. You want to make this your home. You want to feel like this is going to be, you know, the next best step for you in your career, even if it's, you know, not somewhere you're going to be forever. Right. Um, you want to make sure that you're gaining valuable experience and feeling comfortable and at home in that environment. Yeah, that is, that's something that's so important to frame us around. And I think sometimes we get really uh, sort of caught up in what skills a consultant needs to even apply to these roles and how do we sell that skill set. What do you think are some of the skills that a senior consultant would want to see in an entry-level consultant? Yeah, so I think there's just definitely a couple of really what I like to think of soft skills. Um, so at the end of the day, no matter what's on your resume, you're, you're selling yourself. A, a consulting, you know, we're not making widgets. We're not, um, you know, creating a product. Our product is our people. So we want the people that we're sending out to clients to really be those strong assets um, and, you know, brand ambassadors for us. But at the same time, also, you know, those critical thinkers that are, you know, excited to solve challenges um, and, you know, to really kind of, interact with clients um, and create that connection. So some of the main soft skills I always tell candidates is communication is key. Um, Being able to sit down and have a conversation with someone, um, regardless of, you know, how young or old or what background they come from is really critical. Um, A lot of our, you know, analysts that come in either from um, graduate programs or entry level, you know, undergrad programs are immediately sitting in front of clients that have been in the industry for 10 or 20 years. And they're asking them how they do their job and questioning why they do it a certain way. Um, so it can be uncomfortable and being comfortable in those uncomfortable situations, um, is definitely a critical component. Um, in addition to emotional intelligence, you know, read your interviewer, read the room, understand, you know, what is, is happening, um, around you. And, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is I I love when people come prepared with questions, but the set standard Google top three questions that people ask just really, it drives me nuts. (laughs) I will be very honest. You know, you're again, you're interviewing this consulting firm um, to want to work there. So ask unique questions, not, you know, super in-depth, like tell me about line four of your financial statement. But at the same time, you know, get get critical um, and, you know, ask the questions you truly want to know the answers to, um, not just, you know, what does success look like? Um, because that, that means something to everyone. Um, so you'll get some interesting responses. But you know, that's a question I get all the time. So ask me something that's going to be memorable um, and something that is actually going to benefit you. Wow. That is awesome advice. So really thinking about original thought around how you frame your questions and being curious, it sounds like, is maybe a part of that emotional intelligence as well. I can, Im- I can imagine, do pe- people really do come with just Googled questions? Yeah, um, oh, definitely that's- a lot, unfortunately, which again is, 
it's okay. Um, yeah. putting the effort in. Um, but at the same time, you have to realize that your interviewer or the HR person on the other end of the phone is a person too. Um, so I, I love to talk to people and I will share my story all day, every day. Um, and I love when people actually come to the table with real questions that they actually want to know the answers to versus, you know, just their standard math questions that they think they have to ask. Well, it's so fascinating to me because I think that goes back into these sort of grand challenge moonshot moments that we have to break down the this invisible rule that we need to Google everything. We need to put some empathy in this process and empathize with the the end user also of this interview, which is in your situation, it's the recruiter, it's you. So how do we show that emotional intelligence in that conversation? That's that's fascinating, Megan. Oh my gosh, now I, I almost wanna do a practice interview with you. I guess that's what we're doing here. <laughs> Sure. I have two questions prepared. We'll start that next. <laughs> and that's episode two, right? So the, yeah. the TBD, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, thinking, thinking about how these questions then, it seems like really help to differentiate the candidates and the skill set also helps to differentiate. How does Huron, as a major consulting organization, how does Huron differentiate itself from other consulting organizations? What's unique and special about Huron? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that immediately attracted me to Huron um, was really just, again, the people. Because, again, we're not selling widgets. Um, at the end of the day, we're, we're all humans. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, again, it's that industry that we focus on, which I think really connects to a lot of our candidates, is the fact that, you know, they're doing better in certain industries and making the world a better place. Um, again, you're not going to see it every single day and everything you do when you pull up that Excel spreadsheet and you're, you know, sorting through data. Um, but at the end of the day, that has an impact, um, you know, that's larger than yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so I think for, for us as a firm, um, you know, it's, it's our people. It's the fact that, you know, we are a very large consulting firm, but at the same time, we don't feel that large because, again, you're not just a number. And that's something that I has kept me here um, as, you know, not only a recruiter, but I want to make sure that the opportunities I'm presenting to candidates are something that I believe in and that I really can see them succeed. I can honestly, Stacey, count on one hand how many analysts or associates that I've hired since I've been here in the last four and a half years that have left. Wow. Um, and I've hired hundreds of people. Um, so I think that says volumes to our culture, the program we have in place, um, the feedback that you get. Um, I will say that was the scariest moment in my career was um, getting feedback for the first time and having someone sit me down and say, hey, you're not perfect, um, but here's how you can grow and here's how you can learn. Um, and these are you know, the steps I want you to take to get there. Um, I cried after, <laughs> but at the same time, I did that in a closed door. Yeah. Um, went back to my desk, was like, all right, I can do this. Um, this is how we'll get through this. But now it's something I crave, um, even in my personal life. I want feedback. How can I do better? How can I improve? Um, and I think that's what really makes us different as a firm is that something that comes from the top down. Um, and it's something that drives you is to get that positive feedback in addition to that constructive feedback of how can you do better um, and how can we get you to that next level. Um, I was never a hierarchy person, mm -hmm. um, but now I'm striving to get to that next level. I want to get there. And I have kind of a set path of here's what I need to do to get there. Um, and at the same time, I have those opportunities to kind of create that path, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Well, and the feedback culture, I think, is so important. We've been talking a bit in class about a culture of critique and how we have to be open and really vulnerable to understanding where the risk might lie in our decisions and recognizing that the community around us can strengthen it, that we can really create 
a space for diverse perspectives to ultimately have a better outcome in this case for our clients. So it's awesome knowing that you have that internal drive within the culture at at Huron to, to, I loved hearing you say, I crave that feedback. That yeah. to me is awesome because you're right. It's not easy. It is tear inducing. <laughs> it can't be. It certainly is. It really can Especially be. Especially when you're not used to it. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of our new consultants come across and that's what will make or break someone. Yeah. Um, it's having that ability to take that, internalize it, think about, you know, why did I receive this feedback? Um, who is it coming from? Um, and, you know, making changes from there. Because again, it's even more rewarding when you get that positive feedback that's kind of the opposite of what you got before. Isn't that, and that's the alternative that we often don't pause and reflect on and recognize that longer term perspective. We get so wrapped up in the moment that we're not really seeing the moonshot grand challenge that is ahead. 100%. Wow, Megan, that's awesome. I can... I really, this culture from kind of the top down, I think we, we always hear it, but it's so cool to actually know that it is happening. It exists. Huron. Yeah, it does. That it's there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's something that, again, keeps me here, drives me in my role to want to bring on, um, you know, new consultants that are, you know, passionate about the industries that they serve and are passionate about their careers and they want to make something happen. And they're passionate about something beyond also just their day-to-day -day serving clients. Um, There's so many opportunities to get involved at Huron in terms of um, our different kind of iMatter teams, which are kind of our version of employee resource groups that are employee-driven. Um, that's not something that Huron set up to say, all right, Stacey, we have a woman's team. You're going to be part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something that is fully up to you to decide, do I want to be part of this team? And do I want to take on a leadership role? And what challenges do I see that women in the workplace are facing? And how can I, you know, make changes? And right now, you know, our team is going after um, maternity leave and just talking about how can we extend that and what does that look like for consultants? Um, mm. So there's definitely opportunities where our voices are heard at Huron. Um, and it's something that comes up on our all company calls all the time. Um, it's just, you know, those conversations that are being had, um, you know, in smaller groups and they address them in a larger setting, which I, I totally respect that, you know, culture of openness um, and the ability for our leaders to, to hear our voices um, and to address them. Well, and how do the consultants make the time for those sort of internal activities? You know, we, we all assume, again, these sort of invisible rules that we just kind of butt our heads with. We assume that consultants are traveling all day, that they are in the field with their clients, leave home on a Sunday night, maybe come back on a Friday night. How, how does that daily grind yeah. matter? What does it look like? And, and how does it still allow for that internal comeback to Huron so that you can be within this culture? It's a kind of, I guess, a kind of a play on the what's the day in the life of a consultant, but in the context yeah, of no. Huron's culture. Yeah. And that's a great question. And I think it's something that honestly, I didn't understand. And I think I had that perception of consulting when I came in of, you know, you work 80 hours a week, you don't sleep, you don't see your family and you go to bed and you do it all again. Um, but that's definitely not the way that you're on drives. Um, our people, I, you know, you're not going to have successful people if you do that. Right. Um, I think, you know, it depends on your level, but I would say, you know, traditionally, um, in a non COVID world, of course, um, you know, you're traveling regardless of level at Huron, where I think some firms say, you know, if the analysts are entry level role, you're not traveling, you're just kind of that, you know, data analyst that kind of sits in the office and is crunching numbers or doing whatever. Right. You're on all of our people travel immediately. So day one, you are traveling Monday through Thursday to the client site. Typically, um, I, I think Huron has allowed for that work life flexibility of, 
you know, Sundays, Sundays are your days. Um, we're not going to try to take those away from you. Obviously, if you're traveling from New York to California, you may have to take a late Sunday night flight, but that's your personal choice. Um, and that's something that I think I appreciate about Huron is we recognize that a lot of our consultants have families. Um, so many of them. And I love following their personal journeys yeah. on social media. Um, and it's nice to see that there, there are, you know, real people beyond just, you know, that kind of consulting career, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's typical, you know, Monday, I say, I typically tell people that it's the first flight out. So, you know, seven, six, seven a.m. Um, again, you become just such a pro at it of like people like literally get to the airport two minutes before their flight leaves. And I'm like, I am still that person that gets there two hours ahead of time. Me, me too. I think my heart just like skipped a beat when you said two minutes. I know, but, but the point is there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They have their TSA pre-check, they zoom through, they get to the gate, they get on the flight and they're they're off. Um, So you become just, it becomes a part of your regular life. Um, And I think it's having that um, flexibility to kind of work anywhere. Again, some people will work um, an hour on the plane. Some people will spend that hour doing something personal for them. Um, I think it all just kind of depends on what works for you. Um, And it's all about what I I tell people as well. It's just, it's all about what you make of your time. Um, Some people love to go out to team dinners. Some people love to go to a workout class. Some people get up at, you know, 5.30 in the morning and go to a workout class with their um, fellow consultants while they're on a project site. Um, And that's their personal choice to do that because it will benefit their health um, later on. And it's for their mental health as well, which is something that, you know, as a firm, we're talking a lot about. And, um, you know, giving people those opportunities to to feel like they have a life outside of work. Um, We also typically have our, try to have our consultants. And again, you kind of make your schedule in a sense with your team. Um, try to get home by, you know, uh, dinner time on Thursday so that you can have a little bit more of that real life. Um, and the nice thing about um, our firm and our size is a majority of our consultants, depending on the practice, um, will come into the Chicago office on Fridays. So it gives you that kind of corporate culture feel as well. Um, it was one of the things that when I was in the Chicago office, I absolutely loved Fridays uh, because it was so fun to just see everyone um, and to just, those were usually our interview days. So there was usually donuts and, and snacks involved. All the fun. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, it's about figuring out what works for you and having those open conversations with your co- coach and your manager, hey, you know, I have a family, so I might not come to team dinners um, every night. I'm going to go back to the hotel. I'm going to FaceTime my family um, and I'm going to tuck my kids into bed or, you know, I just am not feeling it today, so I'm not going to do this. But there are those opportunities on both sides. I think it's all about where you're at in your life personally um, and, you know, making time to to do those things um, outside to make those connections and build up your personal brand. Um, But at the same time, giving you, you know, that flexibility to feel like, there is a life outside of work. That's, oh, it's really promising to hear. I do sometimes think we get so kind of caught up in that that perception, but the actual experience could be quite different than that. That was so perfectly articulated. And I think probably brings a lot of peace of mind to some of us thinking, how do you do this? How do you keep this grind going? So thank you, Megan, 100%. for that. And again, those are honest conversations that you just have to have. And I think people are afraid to have them. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you're only going to see positive change come out of those. So in this final question, kind of to sum up our time together, I think the question that likely is circling the minds of the next-gen consultants is 
really what is the one best piece of advice guidance, the one really moment to kind of moonshot for in terms of applying? What would you recommend everybody do if they are interested in applying to Huron, applying to other consultancies? Certainly, I hope Huron, though, because Megan, you guys, I want to interview with Megan for a role. So what's that sort of one big piece of advice that you would have for them? I think it's, it's making those connections and figuring out what the hiring timeline is of the firm. And again, every firm is so different and where you're at in your personal career is different with your education of right now, you know, we're wrapping up our campus recruiting season, which are, for us, our campus recruiting season is very specific, usually to undergrads. Um, and we're hiring right now for people to start in the summer of 2021. So we're hiring, you know, seven, nine months in advance. Um, but in my role, I focus a lot on what we call on-demand hires, where I hire for needs throughout the year um, that are, you know, at that entry-level role. But again, the needs have to be there. So again, I think it depends on what specific practice area you're interested in. Uh, you know, are you interested in higher ed? Are you interested in healthcare? Um, are you interested in life sciences? Um, it, it all varies by group. And I think making those connections with alumni, reaching out, having a conversation on LinkedIn and saying, hey, you know, we both went to Loyola or we both are part of this group. Um, I'd love to talk with you about your experience and ask them straight up, you know, what does the hiring timeline look like for you guys? Do you understand how you recruit and how you hire? Um, even if they don't know the answer, I'm sure they had a recruiter that recruited them that they can reach out to. Right. Um, and that's just something that will help you get that leg up of understanding when do I need to start applying? When do I need to start prepping for case interviews? Um, and what does their interview process look like? And those are all questions that, you know, our consultants are always happy to answer. I get referrals all the time from our consultants. And if you have a good conversation with someone, even if you don't know them, they'll be more than happy to submit you as a referral. And that resume comes directly to me. Um, and I am typically the one that's, I, I have conversations with everyone because again, I, I just like to talk. <laughs> so yes. at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm happy to provide any guidance and help that I can. Um, but it's coming prepared to those conversations and really making an impact with that person you're talking to um, so that they, they feel you know, driven to follow up for you and to vouch for you. Yeah. Um, my biggest pet peeve is when people submit referrals of someone that they're like, nah, I don't know, they reached out and they're interested. And it's like, no, you are putting your name behind someone. So you should feel honored, you know, as yes. you know, a student to have someone doing this and, you know, make that connection and make it last. Even if it doesn't happen immediately, it could happen a year from now. You just never know. Right, right. So open mind, original thought, show your passion, really make it, I, I think it's easy for you to want to refer, right? So there is nothing colder or without a soul behind it than if you just sort of flippantly put, you know, please refer me. And it, yeah. you need personality behind it. You have to make a human connection there. There needs to be empathy. Yep. And people love to talk about themselves. Yes, they That's do. Just human nature. Um, so asking someone to tell them, like tell you about their career and how they got to where they are, they're going to love to talk about it. You know, start your conversation with, you know, your alumni organization and start talking about the school and how much things have changed. And, you know, there's always ways to build on that connection and build that rapport, even in, you know, a virtual world. Consultants are busy also. So be responsible or respectful of their schedules. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they may not be available between the hours of nine to five. That's probably when they're not available. Right. Um, so, you know, agree to have a conversation at eight o'clock at night, even if you're not, you know, at the top of your game at eight o'clock at night work on it, have an extra cup of coffee, um, and, you know, be flexible. 
Megan, this is all incredible advice. I am not at all surprised that you are doing such extraordinary things at Huron. I'm, I'm just so happy we got to reconnect in this consultative space. And this advice I know will carry through with our next-gen consultants, not only as we really initially get started with the program, but all the way arcing into their business consulting projects. So Megan, thank you so, so much. Go Ramblers. I love our alumni. This is awesome. Hey, Sister Jean, we love her. <laughs> we love her. 101 and going strong. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Megan, thank you so much. You guys, thank we you. will share more information about getting in touch with Megan as needed and more about Huron too. So thank you all for listening to these questions. And really, let's take some action with the advice that Megan has shared. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.